Coronavirus strikes Moab, Utah. What does this mean for the Easter Jeep Safari? There's a big recall for new Wranglers and Gladiators. Is yours affected? We'll find out that and a whole lot more. Oh, and share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Gimana. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This week's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, official sponsor of Jeep Go Topless Day. Stay tuned for later in this episode to hear about Meredith Evesu's latest Throttle Out Build video featuring a trail-ready JLU. The Jeep Talk Show team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or just thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, well, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and I'm kind of a big deal in my own mind. Hey, I'm Josh, and if you're the kind of person that merges onto the freeway at 42 miles per hour, <laughs> well, then you and I most certainly cannot be friends. I don't care how cool of a Jeep you own. And, and howdy, I'm Wendy, and spring has sprung. Who's ready for some Jeep fun? I'm Tony, and I'm the one pressing all the buttons. I love it. Yeah, you're just we pressing don't. my buttons, pal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Hypochondriacs. Don't worry, the Jeep talk show will only make you sick with Tony's <laughs> bad jokes. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to take another shot of vodka. I mean, homemade hand sanitizer. Yeah, that's it. Well, breaking news out of Moab, Utah from the Red Rock Four-Wheelers, the organization who hosts the annual Easter Jeep Safari each and every year. Last week, the City Council of Moab, Utah first made an announcement that the Easter Jeep Safari vendor show was going to be canceled due to the coronavirus. But their attempt to put forward an anti-gathering ordinance was initially voted down. Then, according to insiders, Red Rock Four Wheelers Incorporated started working out how to keep the vendor show going. Many local business owners even offered to donate any and all supplies they could to help mitigate the possibility of a COVID-19 problem. Unfortunately, uh, due to an overabundance of caution, it prevailed and the Red Rock Four Wheelers made the announcement this week that the Grand County Council has put forth an emergency ordinance limiting attendance at special events which the Easter Jeep Safari most certainly is. After a careful review of the attendance limits on mass events, uh, the, this has focused the Easter Jeep Safari organizers into the position of now officially canceling the Vendor Expo held in conjunction with the event. They apologize for the inconvenience and hope people will still come for the trails. I'll be there. What a bunch yeah. of crap. This is kind of BS, I, I think. I mean, come on, it's open air. It's a little bit different. I, I kind of understand with like, you know, you're inside of a coliseum, you know, something like that, a, you know, a, an expo center where, you know, you're having a basketball game and you have crack, you know, uh, uh, cra uh, crowded bleachers <laughs> and everybody's, you know, shoulder right. to shoulder and, and stuff. That's different. This is Moab, Utah. <laughs> there couldn't be more open air space, you know, and, and so it's like, I, I don't know. This kind of seems like a knee-jerk reaction, like I said, and a you know overabundance of caution. 
it just, I don't know. I don't agree with this. I'm sure every other Jeeper out there within the sound of my voice is agreeing with me right now. This is kind of a BS move, but, you know, again, it's all just for the sake of protection. They're trying to save face. They're trying to save your health. So we can't fault them too terribly. Oh, I, I, I think that's a load of bullshit. All they're trying to do is uh, keep the liability uh, issues down, the lawsuits mm-hmm. down, and and uh, the political side of it, which Wait, is who's who mm-hmm. sues for getting a cold. What I know, I, 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 I was in Walmart last winter and I got a sniffle. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who who snooze? Who snooze? Who who sues for spilling hot coffee in their lap? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they need a warning on this. Hot coffee. You need a warning on this. You're in a Jeep. I mean, I, if, the, if the world had its way, Jeeps would be outlawed because they're just too damn dangerous. And they're dangerous to other people. You've seen those, those pictures of uh, accidents that people have with Jeeps, and the Jeep is okay, and it just drives away, and the, the, the other car is totaled. <laughs> yeah. How dare the drivers. you? They're stupid. How, 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 dare, how dare you have that bumper like that? I could have been killed because of that bumper. Well, I'm okay. Get you a Jeep. You can join in and then we both will be fine. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay to go to a restaurant where you're enclosed and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't understand the hysteria. I don't uh, yeah. It, there, there is, does seem to be a little bit of a double standard going on, you know? So I, I, I don't know, man. I just, this leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. We still got a little bit of time before things, you know, officially kick off. So maybe there will be, you know, some changes. I don't know. I know for certain though, that Jeep official, along with other vendors like Metal Cloak are actually still going to show up and are planning on setting up camp on the side of the freeway. I'm oh. not kidding. I'm not no, I, kidding. You know, God, this has, been, God a, this bless has been officially announced by both Jeep Official and by Metal Cloak so far. And I think there's been a handful of other vendors that are saying, well, fine, yep. if you're not going to have this vendor show, we're still going to be vendors and we're still going to go to the largest Jeep gathering in the nation. So mm-hmm. we're going to make something happen. Now, what that means, I don't know. Literally, for at least a couple of these guys, it means setting up shop on the side of the freeway. So, I, what that's going to do for traffic, I've got no <laughs> idea. This just sounds like an absolute cluster, you know what. Uh, and I don't know how the logistics are all going to plan out. I know the traffic through Moab gets crazy this time uh, for this event anyway. So, uh, this just throws a whole bunch more confusion into everything. And and I, I don't know. I just it seems like there's going to be some issues. And and yeah, let's just hope they take this as a learning lesson, learning experience, and change things for next year. You know, I, I predict that uh, on all these events, turnout is going to be very very bad because of the hysteria. Uh, I mean, and, oh, yeah. and soon they're going to start requiring. Uh, I mean, if this doesn't uh, end soon, uh, the instead of uh, taking money, they're going to ask for rolls of toilet paper as. Uh, <laughs> as payment to get into the show <laughs> trade i'll trade what you. is what is the deal with toilet paper are people that worried that they're going to be stuck at home without toilet paper i mean I come don't on understand <laughs> i don't understand i don't understand i really they're, don't understand either i mean i i look water, i don't have rice beans, i don't sure. have a bunch of kleenex boxes around i use toilet paper as tissue to blow my nose so well, that's what you got those cats for <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> here kitty kitty uh, <laughs> uh, maybe there's something else to it i don't know and the jeep talk show podcast will be in moab reporting oh excellent all the all the happenings all good I'll be sending in reports 
It'll sound like this the entire time because she's going to have a mask on. <laughs> oh, no, I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. You, well, uh, hey, Tammy, we'll send you one of those uh, pointy bird masks that they used to use in the 1800s for the plague or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you can yeah. report out there with that, that those Death goggle eyes with a little bird beak uh, mask oh, on. God. That would be great. I'll actually, I'll be wearing one of those those dog cones so I don't touch my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> and gloves, rubber gloves everywhere, right? Yes, yes. Oh Maybe gosh. we could give out Jeep Talk Show rubber gloves or Jeep Talk Show toilet paper. Jeep Talk Show branded Lysol. <laughs> well, it happens often with first generation vehicles. It's inevitable that there's going to be bugs that need to be worked out. And finding, addressing, and fixing these bugs usually takes place in the form of what are called recalls. Now, these happen to virtually every automaker on the planet from time to time. So, when I saw a recall issued for the new Gladiator, I'm almost ready to say it's about time. Now, I know, I know, it's a bit of a pessimistic view, and there was that little itty-bitty recall back in the fourth quarter of 2019 when they thought some of the assembly guys forgot to put diff fluid in the rear differentials, but I, I don't count that one. And I was kind of hold, holding out hope that Jeep was going to knock it out of the park with the first-gen Gladiator. Unfortunately, this week, Jeep made the announcement that they are recalling some 33,000 Gladiators, and Wranglers too, to fix a problem with the clutch pressure plate. Now, this particular recall actually sounds like more of a supply chain problem with the vendor who makes the transmissions for these vehicles, and not actually something with Jeep itself. In this case, it's a Senseki, a uh, Japanese Fortune 500 company who makes components and systems for the automotive industry. On the surface, it seems like there may have been a quality control issue with the pressure plate materials, and not necessarily a manufacturing fault from Jeep or FCA. The recall involves 2018 through 2020 Wrangler SUVs and 2020 Gladiators with manual transmissions built between August 23, 2017 and February 13, 2020. The reason for this recall stems from a report published last week by the NHTSA, or the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. This document says the clutch pressure plate could become overheated from friction, which could cause the pressure plate to fracture, which in turn could crack or fracture the transmission case. And if that happened, heated debris from this <clears throat> rapid unplanned disassembly of the transmission housing could contact ignition sources and cause a fire. The fractured pressure plate could also cause a loss of propulsion or drivability, which of course, if were to happen at the most inopportune time, could result in a crash severe enough to kill you. Now, owners of the affected vehicles should be on the lookout for a burnt clutch smell or could experience excessive or abnormal clutch pedal travel. Either could be a sign that the clutch is about to fail and you should probably limit driving. There have been no accidents so far and only one minor injury related to the problem, according to the NHTSA report. FCA is going to start notifying owners on April 22nd, but in the meantime, owners can check out the NHTSA recall website to see if their vehicle could be included. And we'll, of course, have that link for you in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. We posted up a picture of a, uh, a bent Jeep truck uh, out the gladiator. on... Gladiator. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a Gladiator, and I'm trying to remember, do you guys remember where it was? I think it was out on the Rubicon Trail. I didn't see the location, but it I don't think they shared look that. Yeah, I remember reading it. It wasn't Moab, I don't think. I think they were actually on the Rubicon Trail hol uh, hauling uh, one of those teardrop tra uh, trailers. 2,000 pounds, so you know it should have been fine for, for the truck. Well, actually, I, my comment was, what did they do? Were they going fast? Did they go over a big obstacle? Was it just normal driving? I'd be curious to know. Was the tongue weight too heavy? Did they not have the balance proper? I don't know. 
because we've done testing with the Gladiator, and I, I'd find it hard to believe it could happen, but I saw it. I saw the picture, so I just want to know what and how they did that. According to a report on The Drive, uh, drive.com, um, they got some inside information from this, uh, which was uh, the Gladiator was on the Mojave Trail uh, with a camping trailer hooked up to the back. Uh, the problem, though, was that the um, they're not sure if the if the the weight was improperly loaded inside of the trailer. The trailer itself, the camping trailer itself, was well under the um, the the tow rating for the for that Jeep. However, there is a rumor that that trailer may have been overloaded with gear, and a lot of that gear was forward in the trailer, oh. uh, putting excess weight on the tongue. That alone still would not have caused this. Apparently, according from one Facebook post from Core Off-Road, they claimed that incorrect shocks were mounted to this to this Jeep, effectively turning them into bump stops and putting major mm. pressure on the shock mounts themselves. Now, whether or not this would be enough to actually bend the truck's frame at normal speeds with a moderate load. So, do you think this is... I know everybody's worried about this, uh, <laughs> is it coronavirus? Is it affecting Jeeps now? But I know everybody's worried about this because it's a, a first-gen uh, Jeep truck, and uh, everybody wants it. I think everybody wants it to be a success, all the, the people that like Jeeps. But, uh, do you know, Josh, do you think this could be a uh, them trying to keep the metal so thin to keep the weight down and the, the MBGs up that uh, it could be causing an issue with just not having enough strength? No, I, I don't know, because this same article on the drive actually uh, mentions almost the exact same thing happening to a newer Chevy Colorado, almost in the same area and almost with a similar trailer. Different company, but the trailer was rated uh, at around 2,100 pounds. And the exact same picture, almost, similar background, and here is a Chevy Colorado with its bed dang near hanging off the, off the frame. So uh, almost the same sort of situation. Now, whether or not it was with that one, shocks improperly installed, uh, whether it was an improperly loaded trailer, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is, is there's a lot of factors here going on, including the possibility of some aftermarket gear being improperly installed. So uh, yeah, we don't really know the finer details, but at least a little bit more light shed on this uh, very viral image. So, Tammy, I don't know how closely you've been following this uh, this issue with the, the Jeep truck, but uh, any thoughts you'd like to share? And I can totally see um, the shock issue. Um, we just worked on an XJ, and they had totally the wrong shocks on, and it messed up everything underneath that XJ. So, I can kind of see, but I don't know about bending the whole frame, but I can kind of see that. Well, we should uh, have more information on this uh, in the future as uh, as more information comes out. At least I hope we do, because I'd like to know exactly uh, why. And uh, my God, maybe we could see a recall coming on the uh, the Jeep truck because of this. I certainly hope not. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, you know what would be really cool is the 4x4 Radio Network found its way onto XM Sirius Satellite Radio. We can't really make that pipe dream happen without you, so without you checking out the site once in a while at least. If it's been a week, a month, or more since you've been to 4x4radionetwork.com, well, go check it out right now. And while you're there, be sure to tell your friends all about the great shows that we have there. It's all for free, and it's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Now it's time for another top five list. Uh, This is going to be the top five Jeep questions Jeep newbies ask. Now, everybody was a newbie here. Don't take offense. If uh, if these are one of those questions, 
we're 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 laughing with you, not so much at you, but with you. Kind of a, the old us too. We're laughing at the old us. Number five. How big of a tire can I fit on my Jeep without a lift? <laughs> how many sawzall blades do you have? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then well, I don't want to cut anything. Come on. <laughs> Number four. Should I do a suspension or body lift on my Jeep Cherokee? I highly recommend you spend as much time as possible researching those body lifts for the 97 or the, I'm sorry, the 84 to 2001 Jeep Cherokee XJs. Yes. I, I, I think they'd like to have a body lift for the, uh, the most uh, newest Cherokees too. Number three. <laughs> Let's see if uh, the, the, the person this uh, is making fun of gets yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I need I a I- witch? I'll never get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. And, exactly. And I didn't. I haven't. Well, <laughs> this is this okay. is something she Maybe said. Once. This is something she uh, Tammy said uh, a number of uh, uh, episodes ago, and then we laughed and laughed and laughed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number two. What is the best lift for a smooth ride? <laughs> this is. Well, I heard I that Pfizer this has this one pill that you can take. No, I'm kidding. I'm just- Oh, God, I, I just, it's not, you know, those two things don't, they're like mutually exclusive. It's like, you know, 90 degrees out of phase. <laughs> it's a Jeep. Come on. It does not, it's not supposed to have a smooth ride. It's not supposed to be smooth. And the number one question Jeep newbies ask, how can I improve my gas mileage? <laughs> Drive a different vehicle. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep it in the garage and walk. Oh, there you go. Really I got I got four words for you. Solid fuel rocket assist. <laughs> I was thinking solid radioactive rods and a nice oh, steam generator. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, coming up to Tech Talk, we'll look at different spring types found under Jeeps. Oh, this is great because spring's coming up, Josh. Uh, what kind does your Jeep have? How does it compare with the other kinds? Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. So in three days, Neil and I will be packing up our camper, putting it on the Ford, hooking the YJ to the back of the Ford, and I'll be in my my Rubicon, and we're going to be heading south for Kingman, Arizona, for some wheeling with the group's rocks and wheels. Um, however, I'm not sure how much wheeling we're going to be doing because it's going to be a wintry mix in the forecast, and I'm really not looking forward to um, wheeling in the cold. Um, I'm kind of done with the cold. But after that, we are going to head to Mojave Road in California for our LTWK fan ride, which is LT Wright Knives fan ride. We're going to be spending three days and two nights camping and wheeling Mojave Road in California. Um, In the past two weeks, three weeks, we've been frantically working on the YJ build so we can take it with us. And Neil has a goal to get me to drive each different kind of Jeep, the CJ, the TJ, the the XJ, all the J Jeeps, all the Jeeps. Um, that's his goal. So 
I will be able to um, drive the YJ, and it's a manual, so that's going to be a little difficult for me over those rocks. So, we found this YJ neglected in a field, weeds all around it. We bought it, and we're bringing her back to life. Her name is Jersey Girl, after Neil's dog, who we lost in January. She battled cancer for quite a long time. She was with us on our last journey and will be in spirit on this one. Now, we fixed that shackle hack job that I talked to you about and did an SOA, which I think I got that right, which is spring over axle. Um, the previous owner had them under the axle and some homemade shackles that were pretty, pretty bad. Along with the homemade bumper, which took Neil about three hours of grinding to get off. This guy had it welded on pretty good. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to Extreme Terrain for sending us a front and rear bumper. We're going to be using the same barricade bumpers, just like on my Jeep. I really do like the bumpers a lot. They're solid. Um, and hopefully with the magic dirt here in Colorado, I'm hoping for some rust-free bumpers in the future. Um, they're really solid. They look great. And they're super easy to install. We also added some beefed up steering, um, a 7 Heim steering kit. And what's really cool is I'm learning about all this different stuff and I learned about Heim jo joints. And Tony and Josh, did you know a Heim joint is a spherical rod and doesn't need to be greased because it's wrapped in Teflon and you get a bigger range of motion? I'm guessing you probably did know that. I, I knew it because my, gr my grandmother had a uh, hip uh, replaced, and that's what they used oh, for her. Oh, God. <laughs> Can oh, you really? imagine? It's a bit clacky. Wow. Uh, you know, you hear it going, <laughs> <laughs> she squeaks on the stairs, but, uh, but you know, she gets around. <laughs> but she can lift me up off the ground with the damn thing. It's just amazing. Bionic grandma. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, I got uh, heim joints on really my steering, cool. Tammy. So. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, it's really cool because I'm, you know, seeing and and Neil explains all this stuff to me instead of, you know, just hearing about it or looking at something on the, the computer that I have no idea what it's for. But to actually see it, it's really cool. Has he gotten to letters and numbers the, on the things yet, Tammy? No. <laughs> but <laughs> Tammy hates letters and numbers on parts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. But one of the things he's getting on me about is he keeps telling me you need to use correct nomenclature yep. um, i tend to call things what i think they are how i see them in my head like the heim joint i was calling it a silver ball that swivels <laughs> and he's like no it's the pretty thing um <laughs> i know <laughs> and and he'll say go get me I'm, the i'm blah, laughing blah, with I'm you like, I'm laughing with uh, you, I promise. It, it's a learning. It's a learning curve. And, and she, I oh, laugh yeah, because yeah. we've all had to go through this. My dad said, get me a Phillips screwdriver. And I went and looked and dug. I came back with something I hoped was a Phillips. <laughs> right. It's how you learn. Well, it's how you learn. He, exactly. Right, exactly. And um, I, I tend to call. He'll say, go get the, and I actually really don't know what the correct name of it is, the wire cutters. I go, oh, you mean the clippies? <laughs> And he just <laughs> looks at me like, what the F? And then um, he has this tool. I'm pretty sure I got it right. It's a lady finger. I call it the little people cane. Um, I, I don't even know what he uses it for, but 
Nor, um, nor do I, because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> uh, well, are we talking about I will, food? Is that, um, we just divert into desserts? Ladyfingers? Yeah, yeah. But, That's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah, no. I might, but, I might have the name wrong, but I'll, no, I'll take a think? picture of it. And you, you think? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll so, take a picture of it and some, post it on the Jeep Talk Show. Sometimes they're called a lady foot. It's, it's basically just a pry oh. bar. It's it's yes. it's oh, kind of got a got point it. at one end and a small you know uh, like solid you know hook it's cam looking thing at the end. It it does kind of look like a cane, so I I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can kind of give Tammy some credit there. But yeah, no, that's that's one of those kind of obscure pry bars it's, that has it's a specific hard. name that people it's don't hard learning the, with. It's yeah. hard learning the names of these things. It really is. It takes a well, lot unless of you, unless, you, unless you're a tool guy or tool person, you know I. Or you use this sort of stuff, you know, for a livelihood, you know, a lot of people will never have that tool in their toolbox because it's, you know, it's not used for, you know, 90% of what you would use a pry bar for. So it's, yeah. uh, I, I got kinda, a big ass screwdriver, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that will get the job done more oftentimes than not. But, you know, when there's those times where you need to get into a tight spot and, and get something out of the bottom of a, uh, of a cavity or something like that, and you need to, you need prying force to do that, but you don't have the room or leverage. Well, then this is the pry bar to do it with. And I will take a picture of it and I'll post it on the Jeep Talk Show Facebook page. Um, so it's really cool getting to learn all these different tools and how they work and the different Jeep mods and Jeeps. Um, it's a lot to take in. Um, but I am looking forward to getting away from wrenching and garage life because it's exhausting, especially going back and forth to all these auto stores, especially when they get things wrong or ask you 50 gazillion questions just to get a belt. Um, after Mojave Road, we're going to be heading to Moab for Easter Jeep Safari. Um, we are not attending it. We're going to be there at the same time. Just So we are not going to be part of the mass gathering. Um, we were thinking about swinging by the Rubicon Trail. So I reached out to Steve 4.3 LXJ. I think I got that right. Um, and yeah, he. Um, I miss him. And he says he still listens to the Jeep Talk Show and he he's up to date on everything. But he said if we wanted to do some deep snow wheeling, go ahead and go to the Rubicon Trail. If not, wait till summer. So we're going to be waiting for summer. Um, we're going to be in Moab for a couple of weeks. And I was looking forward to hanging out with my son, Ben. He was going to fly into Salt Lake City. But it looks like with this math, mass hysteria, they shut his school down for two weeks. They're talking about taking away their spring break instead. Um, so I think I'll be able to take Ben with me to Moab. But hopefully this summer he can come and wheel with us here in Colorado. So um, last week we talked about my Jeep's name. Yeah, Tammy, I was really uh, hoping we were going to get a you know viral response at, at all of this. We did actually get uh, some feedback. Uh, we got somebody called in. Uh, one of our favorite sick, twisted, whatever. Gustiel <laughs> Dunn. Uh, the, yeah, well, he's our one of our favorite fans. Uh, he called in. He had one of the guesses for what Tammy's Jeep might be uh, named. Uh, let's hear what he has to say. Here I am, out of my own business, making a drag, listening to the Jeep Talk Show, and I get called out. Dave, I got a tanker of Jeep. Loaded suits, had a cartoon, had a bit of pew. That bit of pew had a purple girlfriend named Fifi Love You. For short, you can name her Jeep Fifi, and there's y'all's double meaning and a Google search. I enjoy the show, guys. Y'all keep up the good work. Bye. 
Now, a little hard to tell. The, the Dusty's a truck driver, so right. you, you, you never know what kind of audio you're going to get. But I think you said Fifi Le Pew was uh, Sounded like Pepe, it, yeah. Pepe Le Pew's it, girlfriend? It's, yes. I think it's Cece Le Pew, maybe. Or maybe you're right, Fifi, but she's a purple um, skunk, I like Fifi. Right? That name's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it's Fifi. Oh, no, no. It's yeah. going to be Fifi Le Pew. You can't just be Fifi. <laughs> oh, Fifi Le Pew. Yeah, the you su- have to say it right. The suggestion was the Le whole Pew. thing. <laughs> so, Tammy, with the uh, official announcement, uh, what what is Tammy's Jeep's official name? Well, I'm good. I got to clarify something here. So, <laughs> Neil is very, he's very old school, and he okay. is, I and I'm new school because I have the JQ. He calls my Jeep a minivan. He um, and he he doesn't like all the newbie Wrangler Jeepers. He's because he's very old school, you know. So anyway, we we kind of have a thing going back and forth because he makes fun of my Jeep, and and my Jeep's not as badass as I think it is. And you know, older Jeeps are way better than these new newbie Jeep Wranglers. So um, he's called my Jeep Snowflake. The domesticated <laughs> shit box. <laughs> um, so I can sh- under I can understand why he feels that way. I mean, uh, his uh, his Jeep performed <laughs> so well when you were on your thirty day little uh, outing, you know, right, in, right. In, in November, right? I mean, shots you know, fired. Yeah, right. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I would, re- I would remind me what, what Jeep you guys were in. Oh, I. Yeah, I do all the time, and so do people on YouTube and stuff. Um, but <laughs> I do kind of like um, the snowflake. I like snowflake, but not in the term of the Urban Dictionary snowflake, because you know what snowflakes are nowadays. What pe- people are snowflakes. I like it because a snowflake is unique and one of a kind. Each snowflake is unique and one of a kind, and my Jeep is unique and one of a kind, just like me. So, I'm going with it. I like my version of the definition of snowflake, and Neil can have his version, but I know my Jeep can outwheel his any day. And it did. For 34 days, it did. So, what about purple snowflake? Uh, You know, reach out to the Prince fans. Don't eat those. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, really. Yellow and snowflake. Don't drive after you've like, eaten those. <laughs> yeah, especially. Yeah. It's it's funny because they have there's this Hummer in this area. It's a red Hummer, and it has mar- white. It's red, and it has white marijuana plant stickers all over it. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I could get a bunch of snowflake stickers and put it all over my Jeep. Absolutely. Hello, uh, drug dealer, right here. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. God. Cocaine was an 80s exactly. drug, though, wasn't it? What was an 80s drug? A- cocaine. So the, the, they called that snow, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. So, snow or blow. So, uh, so I have an idea for you, Tammy. You could put the word L-E in front of it and call it Le Snowflake. And then maybe <laughs> it won't go. be so urban. It'll be... Right. You have to take what up smoking like the French do. Yeah. Yeah. Less no flick. Well, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, perhaps what you named your Jeep and how it got that name. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. Hey, are you a Jeeper who takes their top off? If so, find out where the best place to go topless is with Mitch and Jeep weather coming up a little bit later in the show. 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Now, over the years of this show, we've focused on the suspension of Jeeps in one fast or another many times over, from modifications and upgrades to things to watch out for, the oh, while you're in theirs, and of course, the what the stuff is and how it all works. This week, we're going to start to take a look at the kinds of suspension found under all kinds of Jeeps and compare them. This isn't going to be a matter of what is best, more of a matter of what's out there and how does it compare to your own Jeep suspension. Overall, there's really only a handful of suspension types that one can put under a Jeep, but they all have their own unique characteristics, and we're going to get into each a little bit as we go through the list. And I figure we'll start that list with where it all started, the first type of suspension that could be found under the earliest of Jeeps dating back to the area of the MB and Willys. We're, of course, talking about the leaf spring. Use of the leaf spring on a wheeled vehicle can date clear back to medieval times, but then of course a vehicle had wooden wheels. The leafs were referred to as carriage springs, and if you had seven slots up front, that meant your horse needed some serious dental work. The use of this style of spring continued all the way up through the years of the MBs, through the CJs, into every year of the YJs, and into the early 2000s on some Jeeps. Leaf springs are even in use still today on other vehicles from small pickup trucks to giant cement trucks. Leaf springs are pretty tough and can usually handle more weight than a traditional coil spring. Over the years, automakers, including Jeep, slowly phased out the leaf spring by switching the front suspension to coil springs, so the vehicles drove and had a ride more like a car. I guess drivers over the years have gotten a lot less rugged, but don't get me started on that. Jeep kept the leaf springs in the rear to support heavy loads and retain the utility of the vehicle for many, many years. We recognize this mixed setup of leafs in the back and coils up front in the older Cherokee XJs and Comanche MJs. This too eventually went away for a fully coil-sprung suspension system. It's not likely leaf springs will ever go away completely, but they aren't used as much as they were in the past, and they're all but extinct in new Jeeps. Leaf-sprung vehicles, including Jeeps, will typically ride a little bit harder, but they will be more stable off-road than a coil-sprung Jeep, and this is primarily because the footprint of the suspension is spread out over a wider area on the vehicle. Now, although having less components than any other suspension system to work properly, there is also more maintenance that requires more labor with this type of suspension system. This can range from anything like removing the spring packs from the vehicle to grease between the leaves or replace a bushing or to have them re-arched or to replace a leaf or, well, you get the idea. Over the long term, leaves can be troublesome, but so can any other suspension system too for that matter. In order to lift a leaf-sprung vehicle, you need to, well, you have several options, actually. The easiest is to add a lift shackle. The shackle is the hinge point on the end of the leaf spring that connects to the frame and allows for the changes in the length a leaf spring goes through as it articulates through the suspension travel. Lift shackles are longer, thus providing the lift compared to shorter OEM shackles. You can also change the leaf packs altogether. This can give you more flexi springs that are softer and more forgiving off-road, as well as giving you the lift that you want. You can put in what's called an add-a-leaf, which essentially changes the arch slightly of the leaf pack, giving you a little bit of lift, but usually not much, and even this may decrease over time faster, as it's meant to work with whatever old-ass sagging springs you have in there now. 
Add a leafs will also make the ride a little bit more stiff since you are essentially adding more spring to the spring. The final option is to add a lift block between the bottom of the spring pack and the top of the axle. This is a very popular option for the big coal rolling bro dozers out there as it is a very inexpensive way to get a lot of lift. All of these options range from the most to the least desired for a number of reasons including safety. Top of the list in that category would be what's called axle wrap and it is the bastard cousin of death wobble and is the thing that destroys suspension and drive lines. I could delve deep into the science and geometry behind what axle wrap is and what causes it and what it can do, but we'll save that for another show. Just know that the more space there is between the bottom of your spring and the top of your axle, the worse this is going to be, at least in the case of uh, leaf springs. Well, I knew this is going to end up throwing a bunch of tech into your ear holes, so we're going to make this a multi-part series. Next week, we're going to get into the most popular suspension system ever put under a Jeep, the coil spring suspension system. There's a lot more to those coils than you think, and we're not done when we're finished with them, so don't miss out on the next few shows. Hello, Jeep Talk Show. How you doing? Love the show. I have a question for Josh. If you have a 2000 or 2001 XJ... And with the casting 0331 casting head, what's the simplest solution to fix in that if you have to run into a cracked head eventually? Buy another head from somewhere else? Buy a junkyard? I want to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys and gals. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Now, what he's talking about there is the casting number on a certain series of heads that were most commonly found on the 2000 to 2001 uh, 4-liter engines. And that stamp, that, that casting number was the 0331. And that number is very prevalent on the top of the casting, on the top of the head. And it quickly identifies what series of head uh, or casting that uh, the Jeep was using for that particular build. Now, the 0331 heads ultimately had some inherent issues. They had a weak spot between the number three and number four cylinders, which had a propensity to crack. And uh, especially when if there was ever any sort of an overheating issue, uh, this definitely exacerbated that problem. And if you ever overheated a 2000 to 2001 Jeep Cherokee four liter engine, most likely then the head was going to have issues, at least at some point down the road. Uh, the 0331 head fix typically involving it typically involves. I mean, I, I suppose the, the the bare minimum could be to have a, a qualified shop do a Magnaflux repair on that, uh, but ultimately you're just putting a Band-Aid on a problem that still exists, and there will still be uh, machining that will need to be involved in that. Uh, getting a replacement head from a junkyard is certainly an option. Uh, getting another 0331 head uh, from a junkyard and having that gone through by a, uh, by a shop to make sure that you're not buying somebody else's problem and buying a head that already has a crack in it. These cracks can be extremely small and uh, unable to be identified without specialty equipment. So just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Uh, there has been pictures on the web, you can find them, of 0331 heads that have gigantic cracks in them and it looks like they're almost broken in half. That is a very, very rare situation. And honestly, even a hairline fracture is enough to screw with the compression and, uh, um, and other things is make the Jeep run poorly. So uh, another option is a new generation 0331 head. There were uh, some manufacturers out there that bought the casting from Jeep, took over the 0331 casting, uh, and made some improvements to it 
uh, to produce a 0331 casting 2.0, if you will, uh, and essentially was the second generation of the 0331 head that addressed that problem between the number three and number four cylinders. Uh, you can also look into converting it with a different style of head, um, but uh, that's going to involve also changing out some exhaust and some other things, uh, possibly including your intake manifold as well. So if you want to go to a different style of head, a different, um, uh, for instance, a head off of like a 99, which is proven to have the most, uh, the highest flow head out of any of the four liter engines, uh, you could do that, but it's going to involve some modifications, uh, possibly uh, taking off the intake manifold out of that year of Jeep as well. So, And there could be some other issues involved with that as well as far as like sensor locations and how everything hooks up and whatnot. So just be aware of that. You do have some options out there. It's going to involve doing a little bit of homework. You can go to the junkyard, uh, have it gone through, uh, get a brand new one. Uh, in any case, I would recommend whatever you do is to, is to have a qualified head shop go through something that's used. Uh, if you get something that's new, you won't have to worry about that, but you are going to be spending more money. Good luck. I hope this helps, and please call back into the show and let us know how things turn out. Hey, and if there's anything over in the last test tech talk, or for instance, uh, answering that tech question we got through voicemail right there that you didn't understand a term, for instance, that you just went right over your head. And what does that mean when he said this? Well, we've got the web's largest online glossary of off-road and Jeep-related terminology anywhere in the world. Uh, we put a lot of work into this, uh, and it is very, very easy to use. You just go to jeeptalkshow.com. In the top right-hand corner, you're going to see a tab that says glossary on there. You just click on that, and uh, it's very easy. You can hover over, uh, hover your mouse over a term uh, and, uh, and see what the definition is. You can click on the definition to get a more expanded uh, uh, a description of what it is. Uh, and, of course, there's other terminology that is inside that description that you don't know. We have links to the definition for that as well. So it's all very intuitive. It is the literally largest collection of online terms um, that is related to off-roading and Jeeps anywhere on the web. It's only at jeeptalkshow.com. So if there's something you don't remember, something you don't know, something you're not familiar with, go check out our glossary of terms. Probably be able to refresh your memory or find out what we're talking about. That's awesome, Josh. You're really listening awesome. to Jeep Talk Show, at my mom's house. Extreme Terrain's Meredith Evasu just published another Throttle Out episode as part of Extreme Terrain's monthly YouTube video series. In this month's edition of Extreme Terrain's Throttle Out, Mare grabs the keys to a very lucky Extreme Terrain customer's JLU for some premium upgrades. Featuring products from brands like Terraflex, Smittybilt, Procomp, and Red Rock 4x4, Meredith sets out to build a trail-ready daily driver with stylish looks to boot. Whether you like mall crawlers or not, you won't want to miss out this JLU build episode of Throttle Out, where form and function come together to create a badass Jeep. Check it out today by clicking the link on Jeep Talk Show's notes for episode 428. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, we're back again for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and we're going to be talking with uh, Andrea. You, uh, you, you may have heard her in the background last time we spoke with Keith about the Lone Star Jeep invasion, but uh, we're actually going to have Andrea here speaking to us live and in color. Uh, I, I asked her; she's recently had some in, uh, had an injury, a severe injury to her uh, foot, and I asked her, was it because of the drugs, the pain medications she had, because she was uh, willing to actually speak with 
this tonight, but she says, unfortunately, no, she's not getting any of the good stuff. Andrea, thanks for being with us and uh, talking about the Lone Star Jeep invasion coming up in just uh, about a week from now. Yes, thank you for having me. So first off, uh, so sorry to hear about your your breaking of your foot. And, and this wasn't a simple break. It's like you broke every bone holding your foot onto the rest of your body. The only thing that was holding on uh, was the uh, the skin, the muscles, and uh, anything else, that uh, any prayers that may have been there to keep keeping that foot attached. How did you accomplish this? Falling off a four-foot ladder, believe it or not. Were you at the were you at the top of the four foot ladder? I mean, it certainly wasn't like halfway down. It was only like maybe just two feet high. No, uh, we were, I was on the on the third foot on the on the third the last step was second to last step or whatever. I wasn't on the very very top. So was it just a freak accident type thing? It just seems like this is this is a horrible horrible break. Yeah, it was definitely a freak type accident. I mean, I lost balance on the on the ladder and I was coming down whether I like liked it or not and i just landed completely wrong and is it true you didn't drop a, a even a, a a smidgen of your beer nope not at all <laughs> <laughs> there was no alcohol involved folks that's just, nope. a, that's just a bad podcast not. joke <laughs> <laughs> if there was it would have been a good excuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i didn't drop i didn't drop any beer <laughs> <laughs> So, but you're, uh, we had reported that you had a couple of surgeries to go through, but you're all done with the surgeries now. Yes. I'm, I'm finally in the boot and I've got about four to six weeks. There's still no pressure on it and four to six months of being able to walk on my own without any assistance. So when did, uh, uh Keith's eyes glaze over when he knew he was going to have to be the, uh, the, uh, the force behind, uh, getting the Lone Star Jeep invasion going whenever you were out of the picture? Um. Uh, about that first week. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. What does this mean to me? <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because you really, I, I know you both are a team, but you really get in there and uh, make sure you, all these things are worked out uh, and uh, basically boss Keith around. So uh, I know this doesn't keep you from bossing him around, but uh, boy, you really have to rely on him now for this. I, I do. I don't boss him around. <laughs> Well, he might say otherwise, but oh, well. it is what it is. Well, we hope so. So let's <laughs> let, let's remind everybody about the the event that's happening. Now, this is a big deal. It's a, it's a big deal to me because uh, being down here in Southeast Texas and being a Jeeper for many, many years, uh, I have not had the opportunity to go to any local events. And uh, this uh, this event is in the people call it the Houston area. It's actually in Conroe, which is uh, uh, to the north of uh, Houston. But this was a wonderful event that you guys put on last year. Had uh, so many Jeepers uh, show up, so many Jeeps out there parked, and so many Jeeps uh, in the show and shine, and uh, uh, quite a few vendors uh, that had uh, showed up. And this year, it's going to be bigger and better. This is year number two. And yeah. uh, it's if you're a Jeeper and you haven't ever been to a Jeep event, this is a great one to go to, to this, if, for nothing else, just to interact with all the other Jeepers that are going to be out there. So this is coming up uh, in about a week. Uh, it starts on Friday. Is it? Uh, well, you tell me, how does the, the event line out? I, I don't want to misstate it. <laughs> so our kickoff party, vendors are actually be coming into town between Wednesday and Thursday. Um, their setup will be Thursday and Friday morning. So we will have our kickoff party at Bearback in spring, um, Bearback Bar and Grill in spring on Thursday night, just kind of welcoming everybody to the festivities. Um, Friday, we have the vendor portion of the expo um, 
from 12 to 6. Then we have a block party shutting down the whole street on the side of Pacific Yard House in downtown Conroe. And that's all set up, ready to go. Morgan McKay's rocking the stage. And I believe we may have a DJ outside as well, too. And then the vendors will have their Jeeps on display lined up on that block that's shut down to the public. And then um, Saturday, 10 to 5, is the Vendor Expo again. We will have a beer garden there with Southern Star, 11 Below, and uh, No Label Brewery. And we have a, um, we are going to have a small obstacle course on site, thanks to South Fork um, Jeep. And um, DeMontron is our big sponsor for the entire event, along with JTOPS is sponsoring our show and shine portion of the sat on the Saturday event as well too. And then Sunday we're doing a crawl through the National Forest up to um General Sam's Off Road Park in Huntsville. Excellent. And of course you've already mentioned uh, a few of the vendors there, DeMontron uh, Jeep, uh J Tops USA, uh mm-hmm. South Fork, uh let's see, I see Bull Printing, uh Addictive Automotive, uh or, or Auto Works I should say. Uh, it looks like extreme terrain, dirty acres uh, to to round those out, and uh, I'm sure uh, quite a few more. Let's see, Spider Shade, Rock Crawler, CMM Off Road. Well, you got a bunch of vendors now. Are all these vendors going to actually be out there pre- presenting? Oh yeah, the majority of them. Um, extreme won't be there. They they actually helped donate a couple items, you know, towards the raffle. So product sponsorship is what they did. Um, but pretty much everybody else listed on there will be there. We we definitely. Um, we went up about 50% on the vendors. So, I mean, we added a whole extra lineup. So, we've got vendors outside this year. We've got three extra rigs um, instead of the two we had last year, instead of just the two. We added um, Sky Skyjacker suspension, and then we also added Rock Crawlers going to have their rig set up as well, too. It's It's definitely going to be big. Compared to last year, for sure, no doubt. Yeah, so if, if you went last year, do you think it's, uh, maybe you just said this, you think it's like 50% bigger, 75% bigger, or 1,000% bigger? I would definitely say between 50 to 75% bigger than last wow. year. Wow. For, sure. for sure. That's amazing. So let's but tell, the, so, so people out there are going, okay, I'm sold, I, I want to go, uh, where exactly is it, and what's it going to cost me? So it's going to be held at the Lone Star Convention Center, which is 9055 Airport Road in Conroe, Texas. Um, it's the smaller side of the fairgrounds. We will have signage pointing you which you know driveway to go in to park. If you did um, sign up for the show and shine early, then you'll have one of the first driveways to come in. If not, then you'll pay the $5 to get in for parking. Um, it's $5 a day. So $10 if you want to do the two-day show now would, uh, you, would you say the main uh, the main event is on saturday if somebody's going to be there saturday is the day to be there oh yeah definitely that's when it's going to be the busiest but a little secret for me doing shows in the in the past around the country you probably want to go check out friday before the vendors start selling out of stuff oh very true very true yeah so that's one thing we did learn we've learned from doing multiple day shows across the country ourselves as a vendor is you definitely want to go the day before saturday because that's your you're going to hit the specials before anybody else plus if you're in the show and shine it gives you a chance to put those parts on for the next day well unfortunately i'm going to interrupt the uh, the interview because i uh, got some uh, 
some sad news today. I mean, Andrea's uh, ankle's doing fine. She's she's on on the mend, so to speak. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, Montgomery County, the uh, the folks uh, that uh, have the facility uh, that uh, the Lone Star Jeep Invasion was going to be using, they've uh, decided to close everything down for 30 days. Uh, their words, unfortunately, and Lone Star Jeep Invasion's words, uh, unfortunately, we have to pro- postpone the events for the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. The announcement from G- Montgomery County today uh, was one we were hoping wouldn't come, but it did. Uh, and then she goes on to uh, to say that uh, they are going to be rescheduling in the future. So uh, this isn't a, a dead deal. Uh, even if it doesn't happen this year, which I think it is still going to, uh, I'm sure they'll be doing it again next year. Well, if you have an idea for a guest that you think should be on the Jeep Talk Show, or if you work in the off-road industry, or maybe know somebody who does, we would like for you or that person to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. All you got to do is go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share the idea for your next great guest. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nuggets. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Hey everybody, this time we're going to talk about picking a line. Picking a line is probably one of the most misunderstood statements in jeeping. Now, I don't mean picking the shortest line in the grocery store. I mean how you pick your line when you approach an obstacle. Picking your line can be summed up as, how will you get through the obstacle and which line or way is best for you, your ability, and your jeep setup? I have mentioned previously that you need to get out and watch others go through an obstacle. This is to see how they actually get through it either with ease or did they struggle. Some keys to keep in mind. What is your <clears throat> what is your Jeep wheelbase? Are you two-door, four-door wide, or narrow? This makes a difference in how your Jeep tracks over the obstacle. Number two, what is your Jeep width? Most are standard, but there are and there will be exceptions. Understanding the width is very helpful. What I mean is if you drive through a narrow road with bushes on both sides, can you get through without touching either side? Knowing your spatial boundaries will also help navigate an obstacle. Tire tracking is also important. Do you know how your Jeep tracks? There's an excellent video on our Jeep 411 showing exactly what we're talking about if you want to see it visually. When you turn your front tires, the rear will track differently. They will not go in the same line as the fronts. They usually track inside the path of the front wheels. It's just geometry. The length of your Jeep makes a difference if the tracking is narrow or wide from the front. With longer wheel bases, the rear tires will track farther inside the path of the front. Now, how does this matter in picking a line? If you place your front tires on a rock, as an example, and think, I'm clear, I can turn the front wheels, you'll more than likely slip off the rock with the rear tires. This happens because the rear tires track differently and you needed to continue forward until the rear tires are in line with the front tracks or as close as possible. Same applies with setting up the line that you pick. Getting through an obstacle takes patience and understanding. It's all a process of learning. Now, if you are not lined up straight to that obstacle, you will have a difficult time tracking through that obstacle. You will get through. It just may not go as smooth as you had anticipated. First thing I do when I approach an obstacle is see where I want my front tires to go. I also need to be aware of where my rear tires are. For example, if I turn sharply to get to that obstacle, I may need or want to back up once or twice to line up my rear tires so that I'm in a better position to track correctly. Setting up for a line is basically deciding which way to get up and over the obstacle. Now, some of the obstacles we have that you'll see have an easy way or a more difficult way to get through. 
For example, when looking at an obstacle, the left side might be an easier way, while the right side might be an, oh, hell no. Most of us with experience want the challenge for the harder route, but being new or unsure of your ability, you may want to take the easier route. Now again, there's no shame in picking the route you want. Good or bad, you are learning about your Jeep and how it tracks. So try it. You may have to retry and start over, but at least you tried it. Now once you pick a line, stay with it. Rule of thumb is to track in that direction until just behind the driver door or the B post reaches the apex and then makes changes in the direction. This may not always apply, but it's a good start. Now what I mean is don't make any turns or changes in direction until you have passed the driver door on that obstacle and you are confident where your real tires are going. Your rear tires most likely will be tracking in the same direction as the fronts. Another thing to keep in mind is to make little or small increments in your movements. Don't get up on a rock and then decide to turn full lock and wonder why you slipped off. Little or small increments in the steering will help you stay on track. Now, Tony, when you were out with us, you actually got to have this experience firsthand. You want to make a comment about picking your line and some things that you picked up? Well, the thing that I learned was it doesn't steer very good when you're locked in front. Whenever the spotter says, turn your wheel, turn your wheel, just yell back at them, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do that all the time. Yes, but it's fun when you, but I mean, for you, Tony, you hadn't done that before. And we kind of talked a little bit about picking the line and what you had to look for. You had to make some decisions prior to going, you know, and actually going through the obstacle. Yeah, well, you have to take me to task on it because I don't remember what you told me. well you did a good job in picking that line so good anyway so some other things to think about is don't forget that using a spotter to help you through is another great way to learn and figure out what your jeep does if you commit to a spotter you must stay with them through it all don't use them and once the front tires are clear decide i've got this and then your rear tires slip off the spotter's job is to be your eyes and help you through On one run, we were helping this guy through obstacles, and he did exactly what I just explained. He needed help lining up, and once I got his front tires up, he would stick his head out the window, look down at his front tires as he drove, and slipped off every single time. He stopped watching the spotter and got himself stuck every time. If you use a spotter, use them, and we'll have a whole segment on spotting in a future episode. So picking a line is really part of the challenge of jeeping. You want to see if the line you picked allowed you to get over the obstacle or hindered you. The only way to figure this out is to try it. The best teacher is experience. And now it's time for Tammy's first Jeep experience. Tammy, you want to share? Sure. First, I just want to mention something about having a spotter. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to have a spotter and you're not being... It's a good thing. You know, you're not being a bad jeeper because you need a spotter. You're not being... Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's okay to have a spotter. So, um, my first Jeep experience was back in 2013. We were going to a Boy Scout event. I know Tony and Josh have heard this hundreds of times. Um, And this dad was taking a bunch of boys to this camping event and we were following him. And we were in a Dodge Journey, and this dad was in this Jeep, and they pulled over to the side of the road. I'm like, oh, no, what's going on? And he's getting out and fiddling with the roof or whatever, and he said, oh, I'm okay. So we get to this camping event, and all these boys that were in this Jeep with this dad are like, oh, my God, that was the best trip ever. We had the best time. We were waving at people on the Bay Bridge, and and I'm like, was 
overtaken by their exuberance. I'm like, mm. what in the world was this experience? So I checked the Jeep and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I, that would be so cool to have one. And for the next week, all I talked about was this Jeep. And my kids were <laughs> like, oh my God, mom, enough. So yeah, one stop. day we're at, <laughs> right, we're at this restaurant and I'm still talking about this Jeep. And my younger son talks into the phone, hey, Siri, where's the nearest Jeep dealer? And it was just like a block down the street. So we go there and I'm like, oh my God, look at all the these Jeeps. And the next day, which was Memorial Day, because that day the Jeep dealer was closed, um, we went and took a test drive. And let me tell you, in the past, a vehicle was just a vehicle. It was a get me from A to B. And, you know, all I knew was, you know, it was just a, a tool. And yeah. I get into this Jeep and we're just driving down the highway and it, it like, it talked to my soul. Oh my and goodness. it was the most amazing experience. I, it, I had to have that Jeep and we bought it that day. And oh, you did? Everyone, yes. And, um, you know, I just remember everyone saying, oh, it's going to be so noisy and it's going to be so bumpy. But, you know, it, none of that even wow. phased me. I just knew wow. I had to be in this Jeep. Um, that is such a and, great story. And it changed my life. Here I am in a camper in Colorado living the, the Jeep life. You know, yeah, I would have never guessed. Well, it's all because your son asked, Sir, asked Siri for help. Well, Tammy, I think that's a great story. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's awesome. And you just never know how somebody might get started in their Jeep experience. So next week, we're going to continue sharing newbie ideas. And we need to hear from you. We've heard from all the, the Jeep Talk Show team. Now it's your turn to share. In the meantime, you can also visit some great videos on our YouTube channel, Jeep 4-1-1, where you'll find lots of tips, texts, tricks, and techniques. You can find the link in our show notes. All right, are you a newbie or maybe you remember something important you learned when you first became a Jeeper? We want to hear from you. Reach out and let me know your newbie story. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact to find all the ways to contact us. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week, Tony, when you were talking about putting your double DIN radio or head unit in your 99, I think, Cherokee. And I made a comment about, about it being witchcraft. And you said, well, I think Nikki G drives a, Nikki, a 96. And you are correct. I do drive a 96. But Wendy... Uh, my beautiful wife, not uh, Wendy, your beautiful co-host, she drives a newer, fancier Jeep. Uh, she has a 97. <laughs> but I can't talk her out of the factory radio. She she loves that factory radio for some reason. But, uh, yeah, so someday I will try shaking the chicken foot at, at her Jeep and uh, apply that witchcraft. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling because I'm dying to find out the answer to do I own my property all the way to the center of the earth? Because I'm about to find out. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. What? I, I didn't get it. I, 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 I'm Neither lost. did I'm I. Sorry. I think Josh has yeah. it. Uh, Nikki G is going to be digging a hole. That's all I know. Oh, okay. So, uh, Nikki G, I would highly recommend... That even uh, though your lovely wife Wendy doesn't want uh, double din 
uh, head unit in her 97. Get that bezel now. <laughs> you never know when they'll stop making it. I mean, I couldn't believe they were making uh, making those bezels for vehicles that were in production in 2001. I mean, that's a long time ago. So uh, spend the 60 bucks and, 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 and get you one. You know what it is? They, they've only made so many. They're still selling them off, but once they're gone... Well, you, when you checked, it, they were backordered, right? I mean, I got mine, and then I, I mentioned oh, it to you. Were they? I, I don't remember the yeah. mentioning they were backordered. Crap. I yeah, they were. That. They were out. Uh, just you know, no! from from one day to the next, so they were supposed to. Well, have- that's because we showcased them here on the Jeep Talk Show, the yeah, that's most why. downloaded Jeep <laughs> podcast, and, and of course, that's you it. know, you get thirty thousand people in a month all scrambling for that's one product. Reason. It's yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> that's yeah. what we're gonna run with. So. Uh, yeah, and if you got an XJ out there, 97 plus, just get you one of those things because you never know. Uh, it's you don't want. I mean, maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you're the artistic type and you like doing the bondo and all the plastic work and making your own factory-looking bezel. I just want to snap that bastard on there and, and play with the. Uh, well, this doesn't sound right. Play with the head unit. So uh, make it easy on yourself. Get it now. And and uh, those things are actually all, all, like 20, 30 bucks cheaper than the ones for the TJ. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Well, speaking about stuff that you absolutely must have for your Jeep. Okay, truth time. It's nothing to be ashamed of, but for whatever reason, whether it be age or weight or height or a rogue banana peel, some of us Jeepers just need a little bit of help jumping into a lifted Jeep. Don't ignore this fact and end up tearing up your seat and steering wheel when you climb in and out of your Jeep over the years of you owning it. And you just can't trust those fabric grab straps that everybody's using now. We actually had a story of uh, one of our one of the Jeep talk show uh, uh, hosts here, uh, Jeep in the family, failed grab handles. Instead, use grab bars. Genuine grab bars are incredibly convenient and complement any Wrangler so well that you'll wonder why these grab handles weren't included from the factory. Exactly. Gra- grab bars are not only useful for getting in and out of your rig, but you'll really enjoy them as an off-roader when you when you need to lean out and spot the trail or, or anything else. Grab bars are an American-made product produced by a company of Jeep enthusiasts. They are truly passionate about their product and take care to produce each and every grab bar to the highest degree of quality. From their selection of solid American steel bar stock and stainless steel hardware to the thick, tough powder coating and even their nearly indestructible rubber grips, they only use the best materials and it shows. The welds on grab bars even receive the highest certified rating a weld can get. Grab bars exceed military spec. They are what your Jeep deserves and they come with a lifetime warranty. Stop using crappy handles and get something that will literally outlast your Jeep. Get the original, get the best, get grab bars. So I, I have I a question for it. you, Josh. Yeah, by all means. Where and how do you uh, attach those? So uh, depending on your Jeep, uh, grab bars do uh, come in uh, a variety for depending on, on which Jeep you drive. So they've got them for uh, the, the TJs. They've got them for the JKs. They even have them for the, uh, for the, new, uh, uh, the new generation of Jeeps. So uh, yeah, they've got them for your Jeep. And each, each, uh, each Wrangler, series of Wrangler has a slightly different mounting system. Now, um, okay. there are multiple mounting points. These use at least a two and in some cases a three-point mounting system uh, okay. that uses factory uh, uh, mounting points inside of the Jeep. Now, 
there's no drilling uh, involved. You're not going to have to, uh, uh, you know, muck up your your interior at all. They're going to use oh, factory good. locations where there's already screws. There's already Got threaded it. inserts in the metal uh, to where you you're going to put these. Now, that being said, I do believe that the the the, the YJ versions of these. Uh, do need or a certain maybe there's one year of the um, of the TJs that uh, the the trim was just a little bit different and uh, where these end up going in you need to have well you don't need uh, if you want a a nice looking install there is an extra little grommet that you get that kind of fills in the hole where these things go into so uh, just be advised of that there is a one year or or one series of Jeeps that these handles uh, if you want a little bit cleaner of an install you might have to buy. A small accessory, and I think it's like eight dollars for the set or something like that for these. These uh, these grab bars are eighty six dollars for the set, uh, but mind you, this is going to be the last set of grab bars that you will ever have to buy. The ones that we're going to have a link for in the show notes for this episode are for all nineteen ninety seven to two thousand six TJ Wranglers, uh, and of course that link will get you to the website where you can look at other models as well. So if you're interested in these, well, we'll of course have a link in the show notes for this episode. They pretty much all uh, attach to the uh, A-pillars, though, don't they? Yeah, between the A-pillar. Yeah, mine, mine, too. Yep, yep, up on the A-pillar there, and uh, uh, obviously able to support several hundred pounds of weight. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, they can, they can hold up my, uh, my, my big six-foot-three, 230-pound, you know, self. Uh, they can certainly hold you. So it might be easy. It might be easy to stall install, but I think Tammy had, a, learned, had to learn a few curse words when she was trying to line up holes yes. on hers. Yeah, I uh, this was probably the most difficult install I have ever done <laughs> because <laughs> oh, no. there is on the ones for the JKs there are two bolts and you have to put them in simultaneously mm-hmm. and it is such a pain and I lost one of the bolts down in the A pillar and I thought <laughs> oh, oh my god no. <laughs> I was thinking I was you flip the Jeep over and shake for the rest it. of my Jeep life but <laughs> right but. Uh, you know, watching install videos, every everybody makes them look so easy. Just like taking off the transfer case shifter knob, um, but it, they're not. All and the, people need to be more honest when the, they do these the, install videos. The that fun of editing. <laughs> editing makes it look easy, Tammy. No, I know, but you need to be honest. Oh, I was so frustrated. That was like a four-hour job for me. Now, th- no. this was a different brand that you installed. It wasn't uh, this brand, right? Right. Mine, I mean, they look exactly, I, I'm looking at the picture. Yeah, yeah. It looks exactly the same, the, the handle, but um, there were two mounting screws. One went up and one went to the side because I, if you look on your A-pillar of the J-case, um, there were, I don't know why they're even there, the factory um, bolts, um, probably to hold the plastic together, I guess. Um, but Two different points. One goes up and one goes to the side. I just want to make sure that people understood that uh, they may not have that issue if they're doing the, the uh, uh, how, how do you pronounce this, Josh? Grab, grab bars? Grab bars. Grab yeah. bars? Okay. And uh, you may not have this issue on your JK because uh, Tammy was using a different one, but, but it can be challenging. There are a ton of options out there. I mean, there are some really cool, fancy-looking ones that are, like, machined out of billet aluminum, and they, yeah. they look like something you'd mount <laughs> on an AR-15 or something like that. And the pistol it's like, okay, that's, that's all fine and dandy, but, you know, I really don't want to bash my head on the side of one of those things. It's going to open my temple wide up. 
So yeah, it's it, this this is one of these um, type of things where they take safety, they take function, they take every possible facet into consideration uh, in the design of these things, and and they're just absolutely solid. And with a lifetime warranty, come on, it doesn't get any better than yeah, that. That's cool. Well, now Tony, you... I am amazed at your memory. How you remember all these things that Josh and I have done to our jeeps? It just <laughs> fascinates me. Well, now that you must have a set of the original grab bars for your own Jeep, we'll make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 428. Good evening. You know, Josh, you've been pr- promising for a long time now that uh, you know this is how you can join in on the campfire side chat, and we're actually doing it tonight. We're, I know. It's, I've been talking about it for, geez, I think years, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been promoting it for months, but I, I actually, I'm pretty sure it's been years that I've been saying join in on the Campfire Side Chat, and we've never really had an official avenue to do that before, have we, Tony? No, no, we haven't. And uh, thanks to uh, the Zoom, which you guys may know about Zoom meeting, and with the coronavirus, many of you may be learning more about the Zoom uh, conference, <laughs> the system that you can uh, run on your uh, phone or uh, Macintosh computer, or does anybody say Macintosh anymore? Uh, your PCs, it, it runs on everything. So we uh, we have a Zoom meeting set up, and uh, we uh, we mentioned this on our uh, uh, Jeep Facebook page that we'd be doing this. So you know you can join in on the campfire side chat. Now it's new. I don't know that anybody will join. Uh, we don't. No, have we a, did have a we did have a couple people that threatened. I mean, uh, yes, that, uh, said they were going to join in. Uh, so there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. So, so we are, we are. Uh, the mic is open, and all you have to do is join us. So, like I said, we, we're going to wait and see. We may not get any tonight, but it's there, and we're going to try to have it every week for you. And if you want to know how to join in on the next episode, Campfire Side Chat, well, just be sure that you uh, have uh, friended our Facebook page and are monitoring that uh, come next week. And uh, we'll, of course, be putting out a link around Wednesday or Thursday to remind you about when this is going to happen and how to join in. Well, uh, for this campfire side chat, I, I threw out a topic about whether or not you would ever stop for a fellow jeeper, a, a stranger, even on the side of the road. Uh, to you know, you see a you're going down the freeway, and oh crap, there's a Wrangler over there with his hazards on. Uh, there's a Cherokee up here, and he's got his he's got his flashers on. What's going on? Do you pull over? Do you do anything? You know, what are, what are your thoughts on this about, you know, risk? Is there, you know, is, is he going to turn out to be an axe murderer? There you uh, go. Do, you, do you even have the ability to help them? Uh, everybody's got a cell phone now. It's not like you're going to offer to, you know, help make a call for them or whatever. You know, what's, what is your thoughts on this? Would you ever do it? Have you ever done it? Uh, and I, I know that, you know, we all drive and we all see cars on the side of the road. Uh, maybe uh, you've passed by a, a Jeep on the side of the road with its hazards on. What thoughts went through your head? What kind of emotions were, were going through your head at the time? I've got a personal story, but I want to hear from you guys first. Uh, Wendy, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? You know, for us living up here in the mountains, we, we tend to stop. Um, I say we, I probably wouldn't do it by myself being a woman, but I definitely would do it with my husband. And we've actually helped people in, you know, with problems. It's usually they've got, they were driving over their ability and they're off the side of the road or they're in the snow and we just, you know, pop somebody out, tow them out or pull them out. Depends on what we need to do. So I would up in the mountains. I don't know that I would necessarily do that anywhere else in the Southland. I just, I think it depends on your area. I think it depends on your situation. For me, it's a decision that we would make together, my husband and I. 
So that's, it's a little tough. That's a tough one. Tammy, what about you? I, I know that, uh, you know, where you, where you lived uh, bef- uh, previously before you're in Colorado now, but uh, uh, both, actually, both regions uh, have a lot of snow, uh, a big chance for somebody to be stranded or stuck on the side of the road or something like that. Have you ever pulled over or, or helped a complete stranger before? Um, actually, anytime I see um, someone, I'll yell out the window, hey, are you okay? And they usually say yes, and so I go on. Um, I've never done it in the middle of the night, but I've done it in broad daylight um, in Maryland. Uh, when Neil and I were on our trip, we were on the Mojave Road, and we're, there's nobody on the Mojave Road. It's usually you're by yourself. But as we're driving up to this old abandoned lava mine, we see this lifted truck pulled over on the side of the road. Um, and then we saw this couple and their dog. It looked like they were just walking their dog. And we drove by them, and then we saw the truck, and we saw it was buried in the sand. So we drove back and said, hey, do you need some help? And we ended up using my winch to pull him out, and I was talking to the girl, and we're just chit-chatting. And I said, yeah, we're on this adventure, and we're on YouTube. And she's like, oh, I'm on YouTube. I'm like, oh, cool. So I give her my card, and I'll say, "Um, go subscribe to me. And she did. And she ended up putting a shout out on her YouTube. She oh, cool. had over she had over a half a million subscribers. It bumped me up to five thousand. Um, but her YouTube channel is um, she's Star Girl. She does Zodiac readings. Um, but yeah, so we helped them. We helped pull them out. Um, I think I probably still would have done it if it was just me by myself because it was her and her boyfriend and a dog. Um, I don't know if I would do it by myself in the middle of the desert. Um, what, about, what about like on the side of the freeway or something? How about that? I think if there were lots of traffic, maybe, yeah. I think I, I would. I don't think I would. I think, you know, of no, course, my dangerous. situation in Southern California is tough. I think, you know, AAA, you've got other avenues. I just don't know that I would do it. Yeah, no, I I, I hear what you're saying there, uh, Wendy. Uh, obviously, this, the side of uh, a 405 down in California is going to be a lot different of a situation yeah. than, you know, the side of the freeway in Montana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. uh, I, I hear what you're saying there. There's certainly a, a degree of common sense and and situational awareness that 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 people have to have to take into consideration if you are going to be this kind of a person. Now, Tony, what about you? I know you you drive a lot, a fair amount. You've got a decent commute. Uh, live in Texas, one of the largest uh, regions, uh, uh, especially radio markets as far as that goes uh, in, in the nation. Uh, you see stuff all the time. I mean, your YouTube channel is just chock full of. Of uh, uh, dash cam footage of all sorts of stuff. So I'm I'm sure that you've ran into this situation at least once or twice in the past. Where do you sit on this? You know, I don't see a lot of uh, Jeeps uh, pulled over to the side of the road. I, I see uh, vehicles from time to time. Uh, but uh, no, uh, especially on a highway, it's extremely dangerous uh, to pull over. I don't know why in God's green earth there's always a drunk driver. Uh, no matter what time of the day, whether it's the middle of the day, early morning, or... Uh, you know, late at night. So I think that if you're, if you pull over, you're likely to get hit and killed, uh, especially if you're getting out of your vehicle. So uh, everybody has a cell phone these days. And uh, like Wendy said about AAA, there's, uh, there's ways for professionals uh, helping those folks out. Now, if it's out on the trail, uh, and especially if I'm with a Jeep group, then uh, absolutely. Uh, because, you know, you want to check on the, the, the individuals. I mean, hell, it, it could even be a, uh, 
a health issue that's causing the issue. It may not even be a problem with the Jeep. So you want to check on them and find out if everything is okay. Hell, maybe they're just uh, sitting there enjoying the scenery. Uh, you never can tell. But yeah, out on the trail, certainly. Highways, no. Uh, you know, neighborhood streets, that might be different. You know, because you have a little, a little less traffic, a little less danger there. But you always have to be concerned about the the human condition. We have so many people out there, there that are trying to get uh, get around so on true. you or get something from you or take your vehicle. And frankly, I would, even if I had the upper hand, I would hate to have to shoot somebody uh, while they're, because they're stealing my Jeep. But, yeah. you know, simply because I was trying to be a good guy. No, I, I hear you there. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a difference between, um, you know, a fellow off-roader, uh, having a situation on the trail, um, and and whether you're solo, you know, or 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 in a group, you know, it's uh, pretty safe to you know pull over and make sure that they're okay. If nothing else, uh, you know, do you need uh, some communication equipment? Are you okay? Uh, do you need first aid, some water, you know, some assistance, something like that? Uh, I think we're all sort of you know made of that kind of material where we're going to make sure that person's okay or can at least you know uh, make sure they can get down to uh, you know a phone or something else uh, under their own power if nothing right. else. Um, you know, as far as stopping on the freeway or the side of the road, you know, I'm the kind of person who I've picked up hitchhikers in the past. Yeah, I know. It probably leaves what? a bad taste in a lot of people's <laughs> mouth. I know. I'm just, I'm kind of one of those weird adventurous type of people that really just don't care about my personal safety or something. I don't know. I've jumped off bridges. I've done all kinds of extreme sports. I guess I just don't have that uh, degree of self-preservation that a lot of people have or that fear of other people or something like that. Now, granted, I've certainly been screwed over my fair share of times over in, in, in my life from this or that. Uh, and I've learned to, uh, you know, kind of uh, take things with a grain of salt. And I'm a pretty good judge of character. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, pick you up if um, you, know, you, you really look like the part of an axe murderer. But, you know, of course, you never can tell. I don't recommend that sort of stuff for anybody. But taken, for instance, I'm the kind of person that just loves to help people. That's just who I am. I mean, I'm, I'm just about two or three times a month. I've got a different rig in my garage that I'm helping out somebody with. Uh, either it's an install or a repair of some kind or another. Uh, and it's not always a Jeep either. Um, this just last weekend, for instance, I was getting gas and I, I, my card, um, the, str the, the strip on it doesn't read in a lot of uh, POSs, point of sale systems. Uh, for instance, my uh, card will not read in virtually any gas pump. Uh, the chip works just fine, but the, the stripe on the back doesn't want to slide. It doesn't, it doesn't read when you slide it through um, a card reader. So I usually have to go inside and pay for my gas at the, you know, at the register where they have a chip reader. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm inside and, uh, I've, I've, I'm driving my Volkswagen at the time and, uh, I'm getting gas, uh, and, uh, I've got my Jeep beanie on and I'm just wearing jeans and a hoodie, nothing, nothing really special. Um, and the guy, this is a gas station who I've been in several times before. And the guy behind the counter, he kind of recognizes me, give me the chin nod, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, what can I get you? That sort of stuff. And, and we just start making small talk. How's the weather? You know, that, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and he's like, uh, Hey, do you, do you know anything about Jeeps? Uh, and he kind of, you know, points to my beanie and I was like, you know, funny, you should mention that as a matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I, I do. And, and I start telling him a little bit about who I am and, and about the show a little bit and stuff like that. And he's like, would you, would you be willing to take a look at my Jeep? And, and I'm just like, uh, Sure, I guess. Where's it at? And he's like, Can I, I actually put these live just talk show cards right here on your counter. <laughs> <laughs> Here's so my I, I was just, I was just like, well, you know, where, where is it? And he's like, I actually, it's at my house. I live two blocks from here. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure, why not? So I pay for my gas. 
um, he, I guess he's the owner of this gas station. So he just tells the guy, Hey, I'm taking off for a couple minutes. And he pops in my car and we go around the block. And, uh, he's got a, uh, it's, I think it was a 2005 Jeep Liberty. And he was having a, a, a running issue where it would start, um, and sometimes, and it would only run for about a second or two and then it would immediately shut off. So basically he lied to you when he well, said it was a Jeep. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so, well, I mean, <laughs> So I and I get there and we're talking a little bit about and I'm I'm going kind of going through about his history and, and a little bit more about the Jeep and, and I don't mind you, I don't have any tools with me, no diagnostic equipment whatsoever. And so I'm just doing visual inspection and some basic troubleshooting based on what he can tell me. And and so we're kind of going through things and I'm just like, you know what I what you're telling me, this is sounding very much like a fuel pressure issue. And, you know, there's a chance that, you know, there's, there's something going on with your fuel delivery system. Um, you, you probably want to check to make sure that you've got adequate pressure at your fuel rail, uh, you know, and making sure that, that you know, it might be an injector issue. Uh, it could just be a fuel pressure issue, meaning you, that your pump is going out or possibly that your fuel uh, filter is clogged and you just, you're not getting the pressure that you, that you need. Um, you can rent these gauges. Here's where you plug it in on your fuel rail. It's just like just like a tire valve. You screw it on. You start up the car or you start up the Jeep and 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 you know you'll be reading the numbers. And uh, and I told you know I hey I don't know the specs on this. You're going to have to do some Google foo and, and find it out yourself. And as we're kind of going through this, he's telling me a little bit more about the about what's going on and about this. There's this red light on the dash. And this red light was on when this, this was happening and he couldn't quite figure it out, you know, and, and it was just like, you know, oh, by the way, you know, I forgot to mention that. And I was just like, well, what is that? Which, you know, can you point to which, where on the dash this light is, you know, that you're talking about he said, it's right here. I was like, do you have your owner's manual? Uh, and he opens up the glove box, pulls out the owner's manual. We're going through this. Okay, uh, here's the uh, the part for the instrument cluster. Uh, this is saying this is, you know, uh, light number 21. Let's look down this list. Uh, light number 21 says it's your security system. Well, hey, there's uh, probably what the problem is. Your security system, the factory uh, um, uh, anti-theft system, is kicking in. And he's just like, oh, yeah. I couldn't find my key fob, uh, and and so I was trying to start it with the uh, with the with the spare key. I'm like, well, there's your problem. I was like, these are equipped with you know kind of this little transceiver system in here. The the the, the computer, the dashboard, the ignition essentially needs to see that code from the key, and if it doesn't, it thinks it's going to be tra it's trying to be hot wired or stolen, and it's not going to allow the vehicle to run properly. It's going to cut off a system, whether it be the ignition, the you know uh, feed to the spark plugs, or the fuel system. It was and a fuel it's not problem. And it was a fuel problem by the factory uh, uh, alarm system. And the guy was just over himself, um, you know, with, with gratitude. He's like, oh, my God, I would have spent thousands of dollars trying to fix this. You know, you saved my life, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, you know, hey, this is only a few minutes of troubleshooting in my time. I'm, you know, glad to do it for you. Just make sure you subscribe to the show. You know, <laughs> it's just like... I was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was kind of one of those cool things to where, you know, this, this random person... All because I was wearing a Jeep beanie and I like to help people. I fixed this guy's problem. Well, I it wasn't really a problem. It's just he needs to make sure he's got the right key. And uh, and that's all it was. But, uh, you know, I figured this would be a good topic to talk about and, 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 you know, how people, how Jeepers help each other and help out other Jeepers and whatnot. 
this is that brotherhood, that family of Jeepers mm-hmm. that 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 really draws a lot of us to the Jeep lifestyle. And it's it's just this, this close knit community that where people are always willing to help each other out. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are kind of made of the same milk that I am, and, and willing to help out a Jeeper if nothing else out on the trail. Yep, absolutely. Um, I will have to admit I've picked up a hitchhiker myself. Hey, what? girl, right yes. on. <laughs> this, See, there's a sense and, of adventure. Um, <laughs> so when I was I turned 30. It was my 30th birthday party, and I wanted to go party. And no one, everybody was busy. So um, I got in my car, and I'm heading back over the bridge in Charleston. And to go over the bridge, you have to go through the hood. Well, there's this guy, um, a young male, and he's hitchhiking. And I'm like, well, I'll give him a ride. And he gets in and I'm like, hey, and I start going off about I have no, my friends are bad and it's my birthday and I am just this crazed white woman going off. And he is probably thinking, what the hell did I do? She's going to drive right off this bridge. (laughs) He's thinking, you can let me out right here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I'll walk. (laughs) <laughs> right. And I, he goes, I'll just get off right here at this gas station. Once we get off the bridge, he didn't even show me where the party was because he knew I was ready to party. He didn't so, even wait for you to um, stop. No. <laughs> right out the door, tuck and roll. So, yeah, that was very, very dangerous on my part. But um, and, but and- I'm with you, Josh, on the Jeep <laughs> community and helping people out. And I'm constantly talking to Jeep people just randomly that you run across. And um, I don't know, for some reason, I just feel safe with them. Well, Tammy, you left out the most important part about your story. What is that? Well, years later, you found out that that was Richard Simmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was pretty pretty stupid of me, but... Well, make sure you guys jo- join in next week. We're going to be trying to do this uh, in the in the coming weeks, uh, each and every week. And and uh, uh, but be sure you guys are subscribed, or I'm sorry, are friended up uh, with us on Facebook, so that you guys can get those notifications. Oh, what the heck is this? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Maybe you should have checked the Jeep weather with Mitch. Howdy, Jeeper. Mitch here. Today is Friday the 13th of March, 2020. It's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. Apparently, someone is playing Jumanji since the beginning of the year, so why not take our topless weekend this Friday the 13th to some haunted locations? To begin with, we start in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Eastern State Penitentiary. Known for being the first U.S. prison to implement solitary confinement, visitors today still claim to see apparitions of former prisoners throughout these halls. Philadelphia will be rainy today at 71. Tomorrow and Sunday should be cloudy at 55 degrees. How about checking out the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado? Opening up in 1909 by Mr. and Mrs. Stanley, these original proprietors never left their hotel. Mrs. Stanley can still be heard playing her piano at night. Bags of guests get unpacked. Mr. Stanley appears in pictures, and disembodied laughter of children can be heard through the hotel's halls. It's no wonder that a single night stay here inspired Stephen King to write The Shining. Estes Park is snowing today at 32 degrees. Tomorrow and Sunday should be cloudy at 46-ish degrees. Maybe you're afraid of the woods and possible Wendigo attacks. That's fine. 
Then this Friday the 13th, check out the Lolori Mansion in New Orleans, Louisiana. Here, in 1834, police responded to a kitchen fire where they discovered several mutilated bodies of her indentured servants in the attic. A mob heard of her horrors and ran, out, ran her out of the country to France. Soon, locals started claiming that they were hearing the screams of her victims. Sadly, you can't tour the mansion, but it is in the French Quarter for you to drive by in your Jeep topless. All weekend, New Orleans will be cloudy, but today should be around 78 degrees. Tomorrow and Sunday should be 80 degrees. Good at luck out there on this Friday the 13th weekend. Be safe, avoid black cats, and wash your dang hands. Now, don't forget to use the hashtag Deep Talk Show on social media. Also, don't forget to tag at Jeep Talk Show and me for us to see those Jeep and topless pictures. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local weather in that coming episode, then find me on Instagram at Jeep Out West or go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact in order to find all the ways to get messaged to me. I'm Mitch. It's always a great weekend to go topless if you're brave enough. Just go topless responsibly. Hey, thanks for the weather report, Mitch. We really appreciate it. Everybody likes to go topless here and there. And uh, make sure that if you uh, if you have a response or uh, you know any sort of reply that you'd like to say to Mitch as far as any of these locations, be sure to call into the show and let us know. Willing Wear isn't gone. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com to see the latest events from around the nation and in your hometown. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, if you like what we're doing and want to give back, consider donating to the show, or better yet, hitting that subscribe button on our website. And uh, as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. You know, they say if you're having a bad day, take a moment for some inner reflection. Take a deep breath. And remember that a single one of your pubic hairs can shut down an entire restaurant. <laughs> Casting since 2010.